better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, Jared. It's uh, and our listeners. It's Monday, twenty first of August. It's hotting up. The NRL is hotting up. Beautiful day on the north coast. How is it in Brizzy, Jared? Yes, perfect one day. Beautiful the next. It's a gorgeous morning here. I think we're up around twenty nine thirty. A couple of days over the weekend. Well, uh, we've sort of been a few things are coming to fruition. I think from uh, Matrix uh, sort of predictions early on. I think it's now probably confirmed. Uh, the Eels won't make the top eight. Uh, Raiders are probably limping into the into the top eight. They'll hang in there, and I think a few surprises in the last um, the last two weeks, which we'll touch on um, the form of the Sharks and the form of uh, of the Knights. Outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, no, the Eels are dead and gone. They were gone weeks ago. Uh, you can put with them the Sea Eagles, uh, and you can put with them the Roosters. And oh, uh, now, oh, roosters, you think that you, yeah. they can't get there? Uh, no. Okay, we'll no. touch on that one. Well, before we get into it in depth, let's just have a quick look at our tipping comp. So we started at the start of the year. It was 20 bucks in, 2000 to the winner. And we've got uh, a couple of rounds to go. Uh, I thought Greg, Greg Murdoch, he used the joker really well. I thought he was home, Jared. He... he uh, he shot to the top, but there's been a few uh, a few good calls over the weekend, so it's now levelled up. 147 plays 147. Greg Murdoch and Kiwi Doc. And then there's a bit of a gap, uh, three points to Carlos on 144, and I think you can uh, we can forget everybody else. So the next two rounds, I can't wait to see some of these tips in some of these games that are going to um, definitely define the bottom part of the top eight. Gee, um, he must have had a stumble over the weekend, Steve, because... Um... He had a nice, clear lead. He was leading by three. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, it's going to be good. Uh, righto, well, let's get don't, into the don't, review. Don't worry. If, if, if we go back to round nine, the rabbits were sitting on top of the table. I know. Jeez, it's been a big fall. I mean, we'll get to that game because there's a fair bit to talk about, I think, in that one. Well, um, leading doesn't mean a lot, does it? Sorry, what was that? Leading doesn't mean a lot. I mean, if we if, if we look at my my ladder predictor for the end of the season, just before we get into some of the game summaries. Yep. Um, I think we we clearly see the the Broncos and the Panthers finishing at the top. The Warriors third. I think the Storm end up fourth. So um, okay. So on on top. So that'll come down to for and against, uh, which is very close. Um, well, actually, no. Panthers have really shot it no. now. For, yeah, Panthers, Panthers have got to be. So Panthers will yeah. be. So you're calling Panthers will be minor premiers? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure because it, it's going to depend on what Ivan wants to do in that last game. They play the Cowboys. Mm. Uh, now, Ivan either wants the minor premiership and so they play to win or he's happy to rest players as he's done the last two years in the final round and he's happy to take second because first or second still means that they get a home semi-final 
they get uh, they they've got the double chance they're either side of the draw. Um, so do they want another trophy in the trophy cabinet? They've got plenty of there at the present moment. I suggest he does want the minor premiership. So anyway, I think the Panthers first, Broncos second. Warriors are going to end up third. I've got to say, I've got a massive question mark over them right now. We'll get to them in a minute. Then the Storm, gee, they just can't defend when they get away from home. The Knights are just in cracking form. I think the Sharks are sixth. Uh, the Rabbits probably hold on for seventh, and the Raiders probably hold on for eighth. Oh, okay. So you're thinking the Rabbits are... Okay, right, that's interesting. Not sure I agree with that, but that's not the first time. Um, right, well, let's go back and uh, have a bit of a look at last week. So we had uh, uh, the Cowboys disappointing against a really good Sharks outfit. Um, the Sharks turned up second week in a row. Um, Fitzy's got them. Not sure what he's done down there, but they've really bounced back. Uh, Trindle leading their attack. They were very good, Jared. Oh, they were. Yeah, impressive. And uh, that's two big games out of three weeks. They've won three in a row, but two big games, the one against the Rabbits over in Perth, and then up into Townsville where they've been on the road, which they haven't necessarily been good at, distant away wins. The attitude was super, really strong in the middle. Um, And I think the big find has been Trindle slotting in at number six and playing so well. Tracy slotting in at number one and playing equally as well. But up, up front, they've now got a very good rotation of big men doing a great job. And what about Hazelton coming off the bench? From Tamworth. You can't tell me. He's from Tamworth. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You, can't, you, you can't tell me his nickname's not Q-Ball. <laughs> gee, he can play. Well, oh, I can. mean, we can, we're only going off a couple of performances, but geez, he was good. Well, I think he's been in there in and out most of the season and, and has elevated himself on the back of form. They had some really nice set plays where they were running running him off a short pass on the edge of the ruck. A couple of times at the post, he came up with a try. Uh, but his general yardage game is very good. And you, you put around him Hamlin, Ueli, Hunt and Rudolph, uh, that's a very good big man middle, which is one thing they've probably had a bit of a weakness with in the last couple of seasons. So it's added a lot more depth to what they're doing and their yardage. Uh, I thought Wade Graham, probably his best game for the last two years. Uh, but they're in great form and just sets up a cracking game when they go to Newcastle this week. Oh, Sunday afternoon, 4.05, Newcastle. Um, if it wasn't pumping yesterday, jeez, you can imagine next Sunday, another week up there at uh, at the Knights, it'll be sold out. Um, that will be probably one of the games of the year. I mean, two really good teams that um, pride themselves on Really good open, open, uh, open attack. That'll be a great game, I reckon. Well, let, let, let's quickly go to the Knights. Listen, twenty nine ten. I thought flattered the game. I thought yep. they probably left another two or three tries out there. I thought in the first half at least two more scoring opportunities. Their attitude was outstanding. Their first half effort and commitment defence. They really rolled their sleeves up. They really came to play. They were led very well in the middle. The two big Safiti boys. I thought. Their best games this season. Um, but, you know, good quality around them. The nine keeps getting better with game time. You know, uh, Clune just slotted in and did his job. Oh, Bradman Karen best. Ponga. Best back from yeah. State of Origin. How much of yeah. a spring in his step? Yeah, absolutely. And Karen yeah, Ponga's Ponga. outstanding. Well, yeah. 
So what's that? That's seven, seven in a row for the Knights. Um, I think, you know, if you, if you don't look at the scoreboard, the, the thing that I take away in that game, and you touched on it two weeks ago about the Rabbits, is I think you've got one side that looks, uh, obviously, the winner on the scoreboard, very happy. Um, they've been putting in, you know, they've, got, they've won seven on the, on the trot, but prior to that, they got beaten by two, I think, up at Suncorp in a really um, high-quality game against the Broncos, and they backed up the week before the week after to get beaten by the Panthers in another game. Both of those games, you could argue they probably should have won. Um, so their form now for nine, ten weeks has been really, really good. Um, and they seem Well, Steve, that, that, that seven wins in a row is the first time in 21 years for the that Knights. they've achieved that yeah. for the Knights. And that's going back to the Johns era. Um, and you're right, um, just outstanding. The more and more belief. They, and they, they just seem happy, Jerry. happy. They yeah, seem happy, yeah. whereas, you know, the Rabbitohs, and we saw it in the back end of the second half with a lot of niggle and a lot of shit that just shouldn't be in uh, the games of some of their top players. Like, their, their top four or five players, you know, Cook, Cody, uh, obviously Latrell, uh, they just look really frustrated and uh, and they play frustrated. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the mile three or four weeks ago was that there's been um, uh, a couple of big blow-ups in the camp uh, with the coach uh, and some key players uh, and across the staff. Uh, they're not on the same page. Um, they're walking on eggshells. Uh, they're clearly uh, off their game. You know, it, it, some, of, some of the defensive attitude they had yesterday was just really, yeah, really it's pretty poor. pretty ordinary. Really, really poor. You go back to round nine. Um, I think it was round nine when they played the Panthers. They really turned up. Their attitude in defence was outstanding. Uh, they shifted the ball well, came up with two great tries to end up with a really credible win. Completely fallen off a cliff since. Um, you know, I think it's four wins from their last 12 games. If we look at their last four weeks, uh, absolutely did not turn up in Perth and got whacked by the Sharks. They come up with two very thin wins against the two teams at the bottom of the table in the Tigers and the Dragons. And then when there was a fair bit on the line yesterday, just did not again turn up. Um, they're limping. They'll only be making up the numbers if they turn up in the eight. They might have one good game in them. Um, outside of that, a very, very disappointing second half to their season. Yeah, so, um, well, let's just uh, – t- we touched on the Cowboys uh, in the Sharks' form. Uh, the Warriors, uh, I'm with you, Jared. They sort of – the last couple of weeks, they sort of feel like they're <clears> limping into the, into the finals now, don't they, after being – Probably a lot more sort of dogmatic, um, really playing on the front foot. They only just got there against the Sea Eagles. Well, I thought they should have won by at least another six points. Um, you know, the Eagles end up scoring off a what I thought was a clear forward pass and a potential touch in it. But regardless of that, leaking 22 points, they've got problems on their outside edge. They're outside three on each edge. They've got some major problems when there's a little bit of a scope and ball movement and uh, a little bit of room to play. And that's, that's three weeks in a row they've been caught out defending poorly there. A couple of those tries, in particular, that their right edge, uh, their left edge was horrible. I mean, Saab has just walked through on a couple of occasions untouched. Um, I think that sort of thing is going to really get them caught out against the very smart teams in the top eight. So, yes, they end up with a win. They've had an outstanding season, but I think they're about to meet their maker in the coming weeks. Who do you uh, – so they'll get a home semi. Who do you think they'll play? Um, 
Well, I guess, you know, if, at the moment, the way the, the ladder looks, they'll, they might not get a home semi because if they finish third, uh, they'll play the Broncos, will they not? Oh, Two yeah. plays three. So that'll be in Suncorp. Um, I tell you, that Broncos attack will absolutely tear them apart down those mm. edges. Yeah, it would. Yeah. And then, then if they lose that, they then end up at home. Um, if that game is in, um, in week two, it, it just depends when the, where the NRL step in. I think week one, the NRL are happy for clubs to play at home um, for their, uh, their first game. But I think weeks two, three, and four, the NRL then want, to, want them in the bigger stadiums to get the bigger crowd. So if it's back in New Zealand, it may well be at Eden Park. Um, yeah, they've got a tricky draw. Uh, the uh, the Roosters are doing what they did last year, but they, they don't have as many injuries as they had last year. They're trying to limp into the bottom of the top eight. Um, they've now strung a few in a row. They were pretty good on uh, on uh, on Friday night. That were that was a reasonably good quality game, Jared. Yeah, it was. I expected a lot more from the Eels. Though. Their defence is horrible. They're just leaking. You know, you know, 30 points a week now. I thought back at home with a couple of big men in, they'd be much, much tighter. They weren't. Uh, and, and the worry for me is the last three wins for the Roosters have been against teams that have defended very softly and poorly. So, you know, the Eels, the Dolphins, um, and, you know, the Seagulls. Three games where, to be honest, I don't know that they've had a lot of opponent against them. But, they have been getting a couple of key people back. They are getting their combinations um, much better. What about Joey Marnie down that right edge? Jeez, he's, he's, he's a just player, a talent. What about Col- oh. what about Collins? Yeah, yeah, he's had an outstanding oh, season. If he's not the, you know, he's he's in the top. He's in the conversation for the top two or three props in the in the comp at the moment. Uh, absolutely outstanding state of origin series. He he has not had a bad game. The um, so you don't think they can they can limp into the you know into eighth seventh. Uh, well, you know, they're, they're in the play for uh, that final spot, depending on, you know, if, if they can beat the Rabbits in the last round. Um, you know, there's a little bit swinging on that. Um, the way the Rabbits are limping at the moment, it's quite possible. Arch rivals, it'll be a big matchup. Um, but I don't think they put any dent in the semifinals. So, yeah, so the Rabbits have got the bye this weekend and they play the Tigers. Are the Tigers still in the comp? Okay. Um <laughs> Jesus, you'd wonder with all the crap going on there, uh, wheeling out barbecues and all sorts of stuff. Uh, the Storm and the Titans, uh, well, you know, that that's the, the Storm are going to come up against the Titans next week. What's your form guide here? Pappy's probably, you'd think now Pappy will come back onto that bench. You'd all, I wouldn't think that um, Craig will start with him, will he, next week? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought so. I, I think he starts with Meany. Let's twenty minutes of Sting get out of the game and then brings Happy uh, in. Um, the problem with the Storm is away from Melbourne, they're just not defending like they uh, they can. The Dragons led that one eighteen four, Jared. Yeah, they did. I've got an upset and, here. And, and to be fair to the Dragons, started very well and were playing very well. And they did play you know, good, this yeah. is also, and this is also a Dragon side that you know no Debella, no Sewer, no Lomax. Um, you know, to be fair, the Storm should have wiped the floor with them. The Dragons were, were super. And, you know, Carr deserves a pat on the back yeah, to take over the mess that he did. Uh, he's had them competitive and in just about every game since he's taken over. He's done a very, very good job. 
Now, the Storm come off what I thought was one of their best form games of the year the week before, absolutely putting it through the, the Raiders in Melbourne. And again, you know, uh, no excuse. Um, they ended up getting home with a 10-point win. Uh, they'll take the two points and just keep moving forward. But I worry into the semifinals when once they've got to start playing week in, week out on the road, uh, that those sorts of things come home to haunt them. You know, Panthers got the job done. Um, you know, the game was sort of neck and neck for a little while and then they just put their foot down, went went to third gear in the second half and just went away, ended up covering the line quite comfortably, even though it was a 21-point line. It was a really good win. They're, uh, um, they've, they've really got some gears, haven't they, the Panthers? Yeah, they, they have. They, they can they just – it's literally like, you know, the message goes down and they just, you know, they click the switch and off they go. Well, the other thing that they've got, which Ivan's done exceptionally well with over the last number of years, is they end up having people that come off the bench that make an impact mm. and can do something for you and or if they've got a play as a replacement. So, you know, Peachy comes on and, you know, his form for the last three or four years has been horrible. You know, his attitude and effort has been really poor. He goes back to the Panthers. His form and attitude is back at the best level. Uh, he's been slotting in with um, uh, Togo out on that edge and just, you know, ripping them apart. All he's got to do is play the game. Luai gets the ball to him beautifully. You know, Crichton's in outstanding form. Edwards at the back. Um, yeah, they're, they're, um, they're certainly the benchmark, a very clear benchmark, and they're going to be very difficult to beat. And, you know, once again, 14 points against them. Mm. You know, their average of 12 per game. You've really got to work hard to open them up. Yeah, and the Titans had a crack. I, I, I didn't mind what I'd, uh, what we saw in that uh, new halfback. I know he won't yeah. be their starting halfback, but a young kid, he, he was good. Yeah, yeah. Listen, they've got some talent um, in, in their in their backs. They've just got to get their uh, combination and make-up right. And I'm sure that Hasler over the off-season will work on that. He's already got a bit of a plan. Um, you know, they've got some, some good forwards. I think that they're probably... Uh, one quality half and maybe one more good forward. It's certainly um, a right edge centre short on where they need to be for next season. But outside of that, they've got the right building blocks around it. Yeah, I reckon Desi will have them playing finals next year for sure. What about the Tigers, Steve? End up with a, a last-minute win. I mean, that, that, they should have won that game very comfortably against a very, very depleted Dolphins. But... What about Luke Brooks? Poor fellow's got to stand out there for a presentation to say thanks very much for everything. See you later. And they present him with a barbecue. I, I'm sorry. I've watched that about 50 times. I still can't, I, I still cannot stop laughing. Like, he's, the guy's been there for 11 years, you bozos. And my understanding is that it was a total reactionary decision to actually do anything after they got queried numerous times during the week in press conferences. Oh, what are you doing for Luke yep. Brooks? What are you doing for Luke yep. Brooks? This is his last game. So what do they do? They buy him a barbecue. He's been there for 11 years. He gets a barbecue? Mate, oh. someone, stuck, someone stuck down the Bunnings on the way to the ground and bought a barbecue and oh, put it I on s- the back of the youth to do the presentation. I heard someone say on Talkback or somewhere that they were trying to t- defend the decision that it was a really good decision that he got a barbecue because apparently they engraved something on it. You know, Luke Brooks and his and his club number. Like, give me a break, Tigers. Fuck. Well, if I was if, if I was Luke, I'd probably go and get it also some engraved on the top of, you know, the seven coaches he's had in 10 years of first grade. Oh, it's just embarrassing, isn't it, that, that set up out there. I mean, just touching on that, I, 
I think let's just go on the record right here and right now. Tim Sheens has moved on because of, you know, the, it seems like there's a big power play out there still um, with the fact that Scott Fulton has been um, parachuted into his role in recruitment, um, which was ne- which was never discussed with Benji or Tim Sheens. Tim Sheens has obviously been around the block way too many times, um, didn't see eye to eye with the decision and has, you know, as of last week, decided to move on. Um, I don't think there's any doubt at some stage that Benji will be a very, very good coach, but Jesus is going to be a hard gig for him next year with the with the issues that they've still got there. Um, I don't know. Your understanding is that he doesn't see eye to eye with Scott Fulton. Um, they're probably not going to have many changes to that roster. Gee, he's going to have a hard gig next year as a head coach. Oh, there's no doubt they don't see eye to eye. I mean, I, I think it got very heated a few weeks ago and uh, somebody invited somebody else out to the car park if they wanted to settle it out. Uh, so, you know, there's there's no love lost. There's now a, a factional divide. You've got Scott Fulton and Robbie pa- uh, Farrah, as I understand it's become very pally on that side of the fence. You've got Benji Marshall on the other. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of undermining, a lot of backstabbing going on week in, week out. Uh, it's just pathetic. It's been horribly led from... Their chairman and their CEO bringing a bloke in through the back door without having your head of football, your head coach, uh, your your uh, heir apparent to being the head coach involved in any of that decision making. But you know, if we go back through that period of the last three months, that then cost Warren McDonald his job. It's now cost Tim Sheens his job. Well, well, and, and keep it, keep in mind, Tim Sheens has moved on. And that was a five-year, a five-year contract, like a five-year plan, and it hasn't even seen out first twelve months. Yep. Okay. Yep. Exactly right. And not only that, you know, Tim Sheens, when he was brought back, was brought back in all the glory of the fact of his experience, his knowledge, and that long-term as he a, would sit as in a that role. Manager, wasn't he? Yep. And now he's going to be discarded out of that role as well so quickly. I mean, the problem is it's it's knee-jerk management on the run. It's been happening in the joint for 10 years. That's why they sit at the bottom of the table. Can you please explain to me, I mean, what am I missing in asking this question or my assumption? How does Scott Fulton come into that organisation with so much clout? Why does he have the power, Jared? Well, he, he bluffed them that he has two or three player managers mm-hmm. uh, uh, with very close relationships and that he would bring key Quite players close. that they manage across. And the CEO and the chairman got completely bluffed by that. They thought, oh, here's our opportunity to get the right people to make us a competitive club. They didn't do the due diligence. So let's go through this in small steps. If Scott Fulton was that good and that important, why did he walk from Manly? And there's one hell of a multiple level story about why all of that unfolded. Then secondly, he had interviews at three other clubs at least and then the Tigers. So there's four and yet only one club fell for the two card trick. Mm. And then he has not delivered. He didn't deliver Schuster. Uh, supposedly uh, Okolatu was going to be in the mix. They've ended up with the two Farnu brothers. There's a little bit more story to all of that and whether they're actually going to be as good a buy as people expect. 
and but on it goes. And, you know, now we have week after week more and more leaks going into the media. Uh, they seem to have stopped that prior to all of this change, yet now it's just leaking it's like a sieve. Yep. And the people in the gun now in half of these stories have been Tim Sheens, now Benji Marshall. It's not real hard to work out where it's all coming from. Oh, gee, I have my concerns there next year for Benji. He's too good for that. He doesn't. He doesn't deserve to be in that sort of, you know, in you know that sort of furnace. I think week in week out, where there's so much division. I mean, he's going to have a tough enough job just being head coach. Little, little aren't dealing with all that bullshit behind the scenes. One hundred percent. And I'm sure at some stage over the last six weeks, he's thought to himself. Do I really need this shit? Yeah, what am I doing? He doesn't. He's a bloody good commentator on Fox. He could do multiple things, um, you know, from what everyone says. He's a quality person. Um, hopefully that uh, they clean that mess up in the off-season. Well, uh, Jared, we'll, uh, we'll move on to next week. Um, is there anything that you're highlighting that we should be looking at early in the week uh, as far as... Um, we're we're just to... going back one step, Steve. How stiff were we with uh, Remus Smith? Yeah. I mean, I, I expected he'd be on the right wing, and, and I said that that would be the edge they could absolutely carve up. Well, there's a last-minute change, and Bellamy uh, moves Remus to 18th man, brings in big uh, Will Walbrook, and he scores the first two tries down the right edge oh, as okay. walk-ins for the store. That's all right. We'll, find, was... we'll find some roll goal this week. Uh, let, let's just uh, whiz through the... Uh, through the games, and you just uh, you just chirp up if there's anything you want to highlight. I mean, it's a really interesting margins here, Stephen, at the handicap. I mean, look at the Eels first up; they go out to Penrith Park minus twenty, paying seven dollars. Yeah, we've got the Dragons going over to New Zealand at uh, minus eighteen. Ooh, Dolphins, Jared, Jared, I don't mind Dragons. Eighteen. Yeah, well, okay, right, Dolphins, yeah. Cowboys. Their team will be interesting. Dolphins, Cowboys, well, we've got minus 10. You'd have to think that the Cowboys drop back a level and can dust that one up. We've got the Storm at home to the Titans, minus 18 and a half. I think they certainly dust that up. Uh, Roosters, Tigers, listen, that won't be straightforward. If Brooks is back, I'm not sure how how long he's out for, but uh, you'd expect the Roosters win, but I think the Tigers might give a little bit of a yelp. The Raiders at home to the Broncos, but the other key point of the weekend, Steve, is that Adam Reynolds is out Calf. for at least one week, and clearly they need to get him right for the semi-finals. Oh, calf injuries uh, are tough too. Yep, yep, especially at that age. Mm. Um, Broncos warm favourites, eight point favourites. That'll be a nice game. Uh, the Raiders are very hard to catch. Bulldogs, Manly, well. Who cares? There's a, there's a game in the basement of the table, and then what a cracking way to finish the game. We've got the Knights, Sharks. Knights are now minus three-and-a-half point favourites. I think that's probably about right. Uh, gee, they've improved their rating in the last number of weeks, and that just sets up as, as a fantastic clash. I'd, I'd have to be with the, the Knights before I do too much analysis on the game. I just think they're flying at home, a full stadium. Can you imagine the, the, the pump-up? and the atmosphere in the days leading into that game in Newcastle. It's just brilliant for the game. Yeah, I, I, I really think the Knights can go, like, deep into this semi-final series with the, with the way they play. I really do. I, I, they've got so much attack. Um, Kalen is in exceptional form. Bradman best back from State of Origin in, in exceptional form. 
they didn't have Hastings on the weekend and you didn't even notice it with Adam Clune, who has got a very similar sort of skill set to Hastings, stepped in and did the job. I have no doubt if Hastings needs more time that Clune can, um, he can do the job, uh, yep. you know, for a couple of weeks. Uh, they're just, I just think they're in a real good spot. And they're one side, like when you talk about, you know, the form lines during the season of, you know, who who can you beat above you on the table and, up until the last couple of weeks, you know, the Sharks hadn't really had that form line. The Knights have pushed and should have beaten the Broncos and the Panthers before they got on this run of seven weeks. So I'm on the I'm on the Knights bandwagon. I really think they can do some damage. That's my early call, oh, yeah. before semis. Yeah, it's hard to knock. I think uh, Adam O'Brien deserves a, a pat on the back, you know, to, to get the harmony and the attitude and the happiness right, um, Oh, then to, the combination getting think, really good form out of them. And to think in the last six weeks we we're talking about whether or not the guy had a job next year. Like, for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a few people with a little egg on their face because they were certainly interviewing anybody and everybody for the role. And thankfully, all of that's gone away. He's been told that not only will he be coach next year, which he's under contract too, but with them now making the semifinals, he will get a contract extension. Uh, so that's certainly positive. But the good thing there is we've got two teams in so, very so, good form. So is that an extension coaches. for two years or is it an extension for one? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but he right. was told he would get an extension. So yeah. uh, I'd say you'd have to think that the argument now is for an additional two years and he's got another three. Yeah, good on him. Good on him. Righto, well, we'll be back uh, bright and early on Thursday. You start searching, Jared. We need some... Uh, we need some roll gold running into the semifinals. Um, lots of expenses expenses coming up in the back end of the year, Jared. So we need some we need some wins. Well, yeah. The other really good news is Steve. The NFL is not far away, and uh, I do do the NFL every season. Had a very good season last year, so we'll be rolling that into what we do each week on the podcast. Yeah, beautiful. And obviously, we won't be talking about Eddie Jones's press conferences too much. I see Eddie convinced Riles to come in as the short-term coach. Oh, I couldn't say anything last listen. week, but we had lots of yeah. There was uh, there was lots of early morning discussions with uh, with uh, Mr. Wisemantle. Um, he's not going anywhere. I think it's the right decision. Um, I don't know. I think Eddie is on the precipice of either is going to look like an absolute genius, or it's going to fail really miserably at this World Cup. I don't think there's much in between. He seems like well, he seems like a head coach to me that is really starting to feel the heat. Unfortunately, with um, you know everything that's transpired in uh, Australian rugby, I think it might end up being the latter. Righto. Well, we'll talk about that more on Thursday. Catch Thank you then. You. See you, mate. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>